0: Welcome to the Why God Why podcast. This is Peter Englert. I am here with our illustrious producer, Dylan Carnaval. Mm-hmm. I'm also here with our faithful co host, John Amayo. <laughs> Not illustrious, just faithful. He comes I, every time. I, uh, I don't know. He's here. <laughs> I, I thought that was a nice. You it know. is nice. Anyways. Yeah. It's and nice. then we have joining our second interviewee club, Jennifer Ferrari. She is a counselor in Rochester, New York. Today, we are going to be talking about the question, why is self-care so important? John, what are your yeah. thoughts?
1: Well, I think there's a couple of misconceptions that we can have about this, or extremes. I'll put it that way. Maybe not misconceptions, but extremes. I think some people don't recognize the importance of self-care. So it almost is, is like a selfish thing, they think. Um, whereas I've seen other people kind of take it to the extreme of like, well, I can't do anything for anybody else because I need to take care of myself. So, um, I think there are people who battle on all, all those extremes. And I think it'll be great to have a conversation about what is healthy self-care look like and how could that look in our lives? So yeah, you,
0: I, uh, I'm going to sum it up in three words Hmm. from Parks and Rec, treat yourself. Treat yourself. Yes. There we go. I so, love Parks and Rec. And uh, I agree with that. And I I think sometimes self care, like what you said, it becomes a label to do whatever I want. But other times, you know, I, I I've been struggling with this. I don't Sabbath well, you know. So I was on vacation and I did a semi church related post. And John Amayo said, hmm, I did. He's like, "Hmm, this is interesting. My friend from vacation work." <laughs> So I think we have to kind of figure that out. Jennifer, you can help us out.
1: Yeah, and this is the great part about Jennifer being here is she's a therapist, so she can help us, like just in our lives. (laughs) That's what this is for. I hope that you don't mind you being here to essentially
0: help us, Jennifer. Thank you. I'm
2: really glad to be here. Yeah. Offer help. (laughs) I can tell you need it. Yes.
0: So, you know, we've kind of brought up a misconception about self-care What are some of the misconceptions that you see in doing therapy? Are there ones that we missed or is that kind of the biggest Mm -hmm. one that we brought up?
2: Yeah, well, I'd say there's misconceptions and there's myths, right? Mm -hmm. We get this impression that it is selfish. Many of us come up feeling like um, we have to meet certain standards to be loved in the world or we come from church backgrounds that say serve, 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 and that's the most important thing. So the selfish versus self-care component comes up a lot. But I also hear people on the treat yourself end, right? Uh, I heard Donna in my voice. Yeah. I said that. That was great. Yeah. Um, that think it's all about pampering, right? I have to spend a lot of money and do a lot of things to get facials or massages, et cetera, in order to care for myself. And that's a myth. It doesn't have to cost any money mm. to do self-care. Yeah. So let's...
0: I just kind of want to go off that. John got me all excited. We got going. So um, I think it'd be helpful. What's the difference between self care and selfishness? How would you define that?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And I, for me, it's fairly simple. If I'm being selfish, it means that my needs, wants, and worth is more than yours. If I'm doing self care, it means mine matter too. Mm.
1: That's interesting. Can you expand on that for a minute? Because I, as I hear you talk about that, there's something in there that resonates with me. Mm-hmm. So, so selfishness is my needs matter more than yours. Yeah. Self care is my needs matter too. Right? Can you ex- expound on
2: that? Yeah. So if I wanted to make time to go to the gym, mm-hmm. which I don't, let's be let's be honest. Um, and I said, and you said, well, I need this, this, and this from you, and say, well too bad, so sad. I'm going to go do everything I need to do for me, regardless of what it means of how it affects you.
1: Mm. Right. That's right. selfish. Yeah.
2: But if I say, well, let's figure out how I can meet my needs and help you get yours met.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
2: self-care because I have to take care of myself in order to adequately take care of others.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that seems like that's a, a level of maturity that's required for that. Right.
2: It's something we grow into, yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's a learned behavior. So you're saying self-care is learned.
2: In in a lot of ways, we're relearning mm. because infants come into the world knowing that their needs matter, sure. right? Sure. And they scream and scream and scream until they get their needs met. Mm-hmm. They know their needs are important. It's a matter of survival. Then our culture— our world teaches us that maybe we're not as important or as worthy of having our basic needs met,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and so we have to relearn our worth.
1: Right, and maybe the way that some people deal with relearning that is then to go back to that infancy stage yeah. of like, well, I'm just going to scream and holler until my needs are met. Yeah, which isn't a very, you know, necessarily mature way. If you're doing that in your twenties, that's not really, you know, yeah, helpful. Sure. Yeah, that's a that's really, really interesting way that you've described the parallel between those two. And I think that's the first time that I've heard that. That's really helpful. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, so I guess, you know, so you're a follower of Jesus. I am, And you, Hardcore. you brought you that, go. I love it. Not all of our listeners are, and mm-hmm. we appreciate that. We We're love glad you're
2: You matter also. So, yeah.
0: you know, I, I guess, how do you kind of reconcile just based on what you just said, a biblical understanding of self-care versus like the word, because I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it's funny. I I don't think anyone like disagrees with
2: self-care,
0: but like in practice, I feel like we're terrible all the way around.
2: Yeah. Well, we're our culture in general, you know, I got these messages growing up that if you were going to take care of yourself, it meant making sure you looked right.
0: Uh. for
2: society, right? A keeping up with the Joneses financially, but also, do you have the right body type? Do you eat the right way? Do you belong to such and such club that means you're worthy and have value, right? And so any of your taking care of yourself was towards a goal of fulfilling something someone else set out for you. Mm -hmm. And in the church, sometimes, you know, as a female growing up in the church, I felt I got a lot of messages around serving others, and taking a back seat in my needs in order to put others ahead. And I don't think they're mutually exclusive to take care of myself and take care of others, as I just said. So, as a follower of Christ, I think it's about making the time and the space to take care of myself as a temple and as someone who's, you know, missioned to, to make disciples. I can't go out and love my neighbor mm. if I'm not well cared for myself.
0: You know, what I love about that, and we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I think the passage that's most misunderstood is Paul writes in Philippians and he says, defer to one another in love. Now, that might be a Peter kind of. So we read that as an American 21st century. And on the surface level, it looks like, oh, just be a doormat. Yeah. But if you really go deeper into that passage, it's if you're deferring, then. Jennifer's deferring to me. We're all deferring to each other so they can get help. And, you know, I think about this. It is ridiculously hard for me to say no. Yeah. Like, it is just, and I envy people. And I envy people that can, but I also, like, you know, I was even thinking about this with John, like, it, it's a lot of work to schedule these podcasts. Mm-hmm. And for John, he's making such a big sacrifice. So, like, I'll get on the phone with John and I'll be like- <laughs> Hey, we're about to interview four episodes. Are you free? (laughs) And and like I'm sitting there, like feeling that. And he totally has permission in my head to say no or reorient, but I don't feel like I have that permission. Mm. And I look at that biblical verse that there are a few people in my life where I feel like, as hard as it is, I can say no. But I don't know that. That's kind of how I've been wrestling with it.
2: Yeah but I also think there's a lot of biblical examples of Jesus putting his boundaries up, mm. right? Mm. And, you know, this sort of speaks to the end of our podcast. So I hope this doesn't mean we cut things close, but I think Jesus is really saying, follow me. Mm. And I've set an example of what it means to have healthy boundaries, to take time away from the crowds and the masses and be with my God,
1: mm. to mm. be
2: quiet, to rest, and to let someone else take care of me. Mm-hmm. Right? And those are all self-care acts um, that you could find on any you know homeopathic type Instagram or, or website that you should do those things for yourself but we also have it in this ancient book
1: mm. that
2: self-care is important even though those words probably didn't exist in Hebrew.
1: Yeah well what do you, I, uh, this is this is a fascinating way to, to to go about it. Let's dive right into what you just said Like are there aspects of self-care that you're like, this should be on your list. If you're practicing self-care, like maybe not everybody has the exact same list, right? But there should be some things probably that are common across the board. Is that right?
2: Well, I think that the themes of our self-care are probably in common, but the way that looks, right? That's one of the common misconceptions is this is how you do Mm self-care. And in order to be good at self-care, you do these things consistently. And and that sets up for a person like me who wants to be perfect and finds that that's challenging in many areas of life, that if I set that up, then I miss something for a day and then my hands go thrown in the air because I've failed. Mm. And then there's a whole spiral that goes with that, but that's a different podcast, mm. right?
1: <laughs> A shame spiral, is that uh, yes. what it is? Yeah, yeah okay. one of those, right? Yeah,
2: sure. So I think there's so much value to asking ourselves, like, if I could... With no restrictions, do something to take care of myself. What would I want that to look like? Mm -hmm. Right? Take all the barriers out of it, all of the excuses, all of the reasons that that's not something I can actually do, Mm -hmm. and start with that dream. Yeah. Right? If that dream is going to the spa every week, figure out how you can make steps to make that happen. If that really feels like it will fulfill and re energize and refuel.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. If Your friend says, well, I want to take good care of my body, so I'm getting a gym membership. Well, the taking good care of my body part is great self-care, but not everybody needs a gym membership. Sure. So I think there really needs to be a a sense of what would make me whole, what Mm. would make me more of me, and dictate what my self-care list will look like based on that.
1: So again, I don't want to get too specific in it, but... Would you look at it in terms of body, mind, and spirit kind of aspects of self-care?
2: Yeah, that could be a great way to look at it, although I also see each of those as so integrated. Sure. Right? Hard to, to yeah. for me to separate one exactly. from the other because they're all a system that works together to make us who we are.
1: Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, it's a very Western thing to separate them yeah. all, to keep them all separate, but your body impacts your spirit, impacts your mind, impact, everything impacts each other.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, I would say if somebody's really looking to get started on a self care routine, it's finding five minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, very small, very simple, very manageable. And that might be making sure that, you know, if you got little kids, you like barricade the door to the restroom mm-hmm. and take that time for yourself. And, and, you know, take a few extra minutes in the shower and notice what the water feels like on your skin. Have some mindful moments. It can be really simple. To take those things
0: so is that your type of self-care not well, that not that you have a child named matthew that would barricade you know
2: <laughs> yeah well the, it, it's gotten so much better we're going into first grade and and i we've learned what privacy means oh,
0: okay
2: so there's definitely been improvement there um but it does mean that i have to take a few minutes to, to take some deep breaths right mm-hmm. because if i'm not having some good self-care moments in my days i'm not the kind of mom i want to be Mm. I'm more snippy and snappy. Um, And, right, happy wife makes happy life, right? That's a rule in my house. And it's also if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. (laughs) So self-care that I do for me means that those things can happen better in my house.
1: Hmm. So... Can you expand on what that looks like for you? Obviously, we aren't we aren't asking you to have your formula for everybody. Right. But what does self-care... And, and, and this has probably looked different at different stages of your life.
2: Sometimes it looks so different like, every day. Right.
1: Yeah. So what does it look like now for you?
2: Yeah. Well, one pray? thing that has been really important um, in the last six to seven years of my life is being consistent with going to therapy, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. As a therapist... That's something like, you know, never trust a skinny chef, never trust a therapist who hasn't engaged in, in, in their own work. Mm. And even in good seasons, I continue my con- my contact with my therapist because I want to maintain the work that I've done. So oh. that's an hour of my life every month I take for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, again, benefits everyone in my life.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's so, important. So, that, so in good seasons, mm-hmm. you're spending an hour of... Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to break this down for people who are listening so that they're able to go like, oh, okay, this is helpful. Like, so in good seasons, you're going an hour a month. In seasons where you're experiencing a little more stress and like, oh my goodness, what's happening in my life like now? Mm -hmm. Like, how often are you going during those seasons? Could
2: be weekly, could be every other week. Mm -hmm. You know, I allow myself to sort of make it an accordion. Yeah. Right. In good seasons, it gets a little wider. When it's tough, bring it a little closer together. Yeah. Um, And I think giving the flexibility to our self-care needs and how frequently something has to be done is something we all need permission to do.
1: Mm -hmm. That's really, really good. As people who are faithful listeners to this podcast will know, Peter and I are huge fans of therapy. So there you go. Uh, So wholeheartedly endorse that.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And what else do you do? I mean- that's huge right there. So we wanna get the therapy plug, but yeah, go out. Yeah,
2: we, we love our therapists. Yeah. Um, and pray for mine while you're, you know, add her to your prayers, <laughs> right? She could use that. Um, I also think it's something I've been learning over time, especially after um, adding a child to my life, is that I had to get better at saying no hmm. and keeping my the boundaries on my time, energy, and resources because I love to say yes and let people know I'm here to help them and support them and be on board. And so I would say yes to things because there was an opening on my calendar.
1: Mm.
2: Well, I can do that. So I guess, I guess I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. And giving myself the opportunity to say, you know what? I could do that. But that time would be better spent re-energizing and refueling myself so that I'm better at when I do have, I really want to do that. I really mm-hmm. want to be able to engage in that. So the word no, yeah. N-O period, no explanation necessary, has become an important part of my self-care.
1: Yeah, that's really, really important. And how do you know when you feel like, okay, I want to give my per- myself permission to say no on this? Because mm-hmm. some people that comes very natural to, some people, some of us that's not as natural for.
2: It. Yeah, that's one of the things I've been learning yeah. right, or relearning yeah. is where to put those boundaries. And I have to check in with my body mm. quite often. Am I already experiencing tension somewhere? Is that a, is there a red flag going off that I'm already reaching a capacity? Right. Um. When I think about saying yes to that, what's my response? Uh. So it has to sometimes be, let me get back to you on that. Right. So I can check in with myself and know is this a place that's appropriate for me to say yes, or a place I have to say, you know, that's not going to fit for me right now. Hmm.
0: You know, Kara Powell, she uh, works for Fuller Youth Institute. She said that for her team, what she said was, if it's not an immediate yes, it's probably a no. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I think about that and I think it's worth, you know, John, us kind of talking with Jennifer about because I don't think people realize, you know, so I, I grew up hearing the phrase like, it doesn't hurt to ask. Mm. let's just be honest it hurts to ask like and you know i i think that there's this idea i'm just asking but if you don't know how the other person is kind of taking it um it becomes really difficult and that's where even i think saying no is kind of this boundary because there's certain times that you want to put up a boundary for self-care and you can say no but you don't And then there's other times like you just can't say no. Like you Mm -hmm. have, so you have to rearrange. And I don't think people talk about that enough. Like I think with a work and job, like, you know, as a pastor, if I get that call at 10 o'clock at night that someone's in the hospital, like, yeah, I'd love my sleep, but I I can't say no there. And that's kind of the difficulty about those boundaries of self-care and saying no. I don't know, how do you manage through that?
1: Well, I think maybe you know ministers, therapists, we got kind of the same thing in common, you know, I mean there's a lot of commonalities there in terms of like people are always in need. Mm. there's all there's never a time where people stop having needs, but my ability is not twenty four seven. so I can't mm. be there for everybody every time they have a need. So I've had to over the course of my life learn, to just say, once this time hits, it's I, I'm I'm off the clock, mm. you know. And I've had to s- turn notifications off of my phone. I I do that regularly. I don't have my emails notification go to my phone. I'll update it when I want, but I don't automatically have it Blair in there because there's constant email. I could be notified 24 seven just going around in an anxious tizzy if I wasn't if I had everything turned on my phone. So, um, for me, a lot of it is just how much notification, <laughs> how many notifications are getting sent to me. And, and I view all of those as a request to, Hey, pay attention to me. Hey, pay attention. Hey, pay attention. Um, whether it's intended that way or not, I think. So I've had to eliminate some of that in my life. I think that's been a big help for <laughs> me.
2: And and you may have already developed something like this into your lives as ministers, is knowing that crises will happen and unexpected needs will arise, right? Mm-hmm. Most people aren't planning their funeral, right? They come up. You got you to gotta be on call for those kinds of things. So the opportunity to, in the rest of your week, when you do have a little more control of your schedule, to build in the self-care so that you're ready and fueled for when those things come up is a big part of the self-care process and the planning ahead for the unexpected.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think that's super important to, to point out that sometimes we can feel guilty for times where there are margin. And I think especially now, uh, we're still recording this in the midst of the coronavirus crisis. So this is part of the Corona files. Some, <laughs> people, some people have more margin during different times of their day than they were used to before. And, and there can be a certain amount of guilt associated with that. Like, oh, I gotta fill up this time that I was commuting, that I was spending in my office, that I was doing, like I have to fill up this time in order to feel like I'm a valuable person. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see that in people that you talk with?
2: I see that and I also see the opposite where some people have far less margin. Uh, right. right. Depending on how the pandemic has affected a different individual or their household, it's really either created a lot of space or far less. Mm-hmm. Um, it's certainly increased anxiety levels, you know, across yeah. the board and stress and tension. So um, something that might be something easy for listeners to start to implement is to look at their calendar and block out time, mm. right, as so that the calendar's full, right? Yeah. If somebody said, "Hey," Can you help me move on Saturday? I know you got a pickup truck, right? You can. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. You know the calendar's booked, Mm. right? And in my my parents' household, they put AOC on couch, or AOC on the calendar, which is you know rear end on couch. (laughs) 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 Ah, right. It's booked in there, right? And I loved that. My mom created that, so yay, mom. (laughs) Um, There's this opportunity to say, you know, I'm booked at that time. Mm. Right. Obviously, if someone made a request they really wanted to engage in, they would just rewrite the calendar, but it's booked ahead. So there doesn't have to be that guilt of, "Mm, there's space there, I should be doing that thing. Mm. It's okay to say no because it's booked.
0: So here's what I'm anticipating with our listeners. Um, We have people that are dating, that are married. Um, We have people that have close friendships. Maybe you want to go through it individually, but what does a conversation for I need self-care look like? Because for some people it's hard to ask for that. And then on the worst part about it is like you could ask for self-care and then the person's like, you don't need that. Or Mm -hmm. so, I I mean, pick a scenario or do you feel like it's pretty general?
2: Well, I think you know we can get down to nitty gritty and some different scenarios, but I think there's some generalities that would go for singles across the board to, to married 100 years. Um, we need to first come to terms internally Mm. that self-care is important, that we're worth it, we're deserving of that time and that space, and and just set aside the ego trip, set aside the shame spiral around this is selfish. right? Really define what self-care is for us and know that we can have that, that it's appropriate to have that. And then there's the opportunity to, if you're a believer, take that to God and help strengthen that. And hopefully every single person listening has at least one trusted person in their life, someone that loves them unconditionally, that they can have this sort of practice conversation with around, you know, I'm feeling I need to include this and I'm afraid that XYZ individual might not accept it right away. So let me practice on you. Uh Let me tell you what I'm thinking. You help me to affirm and validate what I'm asking for and saying I'm needing and then be a safe person to land back on when someone doesn't respect what I've set in place.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really important. I think that idea of talking through a conversation before you have the conversation is something that I didn't really recognize could be really helpful. Uh, I don't know, until... I don't know, a few years ago that I really realized, oh man, you can actually have a pre-conversation <laughs> before you have the conversation, you know, that's a, that's a good therapist will help you do that.
0: Well, you and I probably do that with Mike Keys, right?
1: Well, yeah, we yeah, do? yeah, I do. I've done that for, yeah. So maybe with Mike, I was doing that for several years now, but yeah.
0: Well, and, and even we're not bringing up the conversation that we assume that the people aren't going to say yes or no. Mm-hmm but actually it might require more work. So like I'm even thinking about this and good work, good work. So let's say I'm trying to have a conversation with Robin about Sabbath. Like, hey, we really want to practice this. Let's pick a day to do it. She might come back to me and say, Peter, I really want to honor you and do that. I think it's going to be good for me too. This is what it's going to take. By the day before we need the bathrooms cleaned, the living room cleaned. And I'm even thinking about too, like, you know, let's say you're having this conversation with your boss. That might be like a a good time. You know, you might say to your boss, hey, I just need to know it's okay for me, and I don't wanna get HR involved, but (laughs) I need to know it's okay for me not to respond to an email from like five to 10 o'clock at night. Your boss might say to you, hey, you know, you can't pull out at 4.30. Like, I need to know you're up until, and, that's like really, really hypothetical. We also, we're doing more remote work. I think the other person has to be prepared too, to kind of say, hey, I wanna help you get there. This is what I'm gonna, I don't know, I'm just playing it out.
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunities to, again, have a safe person, right? To, To play out those scenarios. Most of us go through a what if, process in our mm. mind. I'm hearing a lot of that right now, Peter. <laughs> what if? But what if? What if? Um, hey, let's explore that with Peter right? for a second. Uh, well, yeah. Peter's married to an excellent therapist. Right. Um, she can refer him out. Right. Okay. Right? <laughs> she doesn't have to do that work, but she can refer him out. So I, I think knowing that we have those fears, right, which sometimes are insecurities around our worth and our value of mm. what we're asking for and what the outcomes might be, and just playing those out, sharing them with someone who's safe and trusted, and... If, a, if you don't have that identified person, absolutely reach out to a therapist or a pastor that might be in your life, someone you know can keep confidences and trust and lead you in the right direction.
1: Mm.
2: So if it's a job, that gets trickier, right? Because our livelihoods might be on the line. We don't wanna rock too much of a boat, um, but at the same time, we, we can set some boundaries, right? Most of us have a job description. Mm-hmm. Most of us have hours of operation and we may have Um, been a little over responsible Mm. in order to show that we're valuable. Mm. Like you can't replace me, can't leave me, so I'm gonna work 24 seven even though you're paying me for 37 and a half a week, Mm -hmm. right? So shifting that midway could be scary. Mm -hmm. Um, But hopefully you you have a boss or a manager who at least will listen, right? You can practice that conversation with your safe, trusted person about how do I approach this and try to be respectful but also ask for what I need.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, so I'm hearing you talking and I'm, I'm, I think I'm kind of anticipating what hopefully some people out there are thinking right now. I'm, and, and they're, they're kind of going, okay, I get this, I get kind of where she's going on this, but, but this pandemic thing, this whole thing has really thrown me for a loop and i don't know if there's anybody else out there that's feeling the way that i'm feeling right now about stuff. and so this is kind of a little bit of a maybe it's a divergence, but i but i but i think people might be wondering this. like what are other people struggling with during this time? am i alone? i feel like that's one of the things that people are really afraid of during
0: this season is that they're the only one that's feeling what they're feeling. Mm. and I want to affirm what John said, too, because we might not go back to offices. Right. We might be working from home. So I just, yeah, keep going with that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's even helpful for them to understand, like, what are other people? And I'm not obviously expecting you to, to <laughs> I'm not naming names here, but what are some of the themes that you're picking up as mm. you hear people talking to you kind of consistently over the last few months? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, it's changed, you know, from March to August, where we're recording now in yeah. the things that are are causing the most stress and anxiety about yeah. the system, right? It was almost initially like rugs were pulled out from under us. Mm-hmm. All of our security, all of our anticipated stability was often ripped right out,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? Um, and even though there were some folks who may have lived through the 1918 flu pandemic, Life looked a lot different then. Mm. So things in, in our family systems and work life are very different. Um, we also have a lot of social media now, mm. which is great and terrible all at the same time. So one self-care thing that might come out of this is take Facebook off your phone. Mm. Right, If you feel like you can't delete your account, leave it on your desktop. So you have to sit down, intentionally do it, not have it with you all day long to scroll. Mm. Right, um, So I think there is a lot of beauty that we are not alone, right? Mm. We are all in this in some ways together. Yeah. But as um, Jamie Farr is the district superintendent of Canandaigua schools where my son is a first grader this year, he said at the beginning, we gotta remember that everyone is in the same storm, but we're all in different boats. Mm. And every boat has a different capacity. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, we're in it together. We're all having increased stress. Um, An anxiety. I don't. I haven't talked to a single person who said, "Oh, this has been a breeze. Yeah, I've loved every moment of this." Right? I, I haven't met that person. If you're out there, you know, get my contact information. I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> um, but your boat might not be the same as your neighbor's boat, mm. but you're in the same storm, which means we're all going to come out of the storm together because the storm ends. Mm. We don't know when, mm-hmm. but it ends.
1: Yeah. What do you think as you envision the other side of this storm? I love that analogy. What do you think? Do you think life looks different on the other side of this storm? Mm-hmm. Like in terms of like than it did even before the storm happened? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you think people will will react on the yeah. other side of it? I mean, it's kind of conjecture on your part. Sure. But.
2: Well, I have a lot of hope for it, mm-hmm. right? It can't be the same as it was before, mm-hmm. right? At, none of us are the same day to day because right. we've learned, we've experienced, we've come across new ideas, and so when you get new information, you're not the same. Right. right, Always changing, always evolving. So I think there's beauty and hope in that we may come on the other side of the storm with more compassion, more understanding, more um, value in caring for one another in our homes and starting there. Mm-hmm. And I also hope that we've reduced some stigma around getting help for mental health. Uh. Because there is a significant increase uh, in suicidality, mm. in stress and anxiety, depression, um, substance abuse, all things that are increasing exponentially during this hard time.
0: Yeah. I'm curious. That was very hopeful and positive. What do you think could be potential problems and struggles based off this?
2: Well, the reality is so many people are really struggling financially. Um, It's putting a lot of strain on relationships. Mm. Um, And I think it's going to take us a long time to really come through the storm right um just natural storms right Katrina Hurricane Sandy those things there's people still recovering from that Puerto uh-huh. Rico's still recovering from their storm it's gone but there's still rebuilding happening uh-huh. so it's hard work hmm. um and self-care is going to have to be really important in order to be able to do the work uh-huh. we can't let our gas tanks get empty
1: right right I think you're you're tying what you're doing is you're tying self-care into the idea of suffering, like the storm is something that we in our culture tend to run away from. Yeah, right. In our culture, we focus in a lot of, on comfort, like that's our big deal mm-hmm. as Americans. You know, and there's probably people listening to this from all over the world. Thank you for tuning in. We're so glad to have you. But Americans, treat yourself. Yeah, yeah. As Americans, we focus in on comfort. Yes. And so anything that causes us to go, oh my goodness, my comfort is at is in jeopardy right now. We don't know what to do with it. Yeah. So we it dis, it's very disorienting. I feel like for us, yeah,
2: and I think that's where the myth that self care equals pampering
1: mm-hmm. comes mm-hmm.
2: from, right? The the idea of treat yourself, oh, you want this amazing Batman costume, treat yourself, yeah, right. But the reality is, for me, a few weeks ago, um, I had a scratch on my cornea, mm. right. So yeah. self care for me at that point looked like a rescheduling some of my work appointments so I could make my own eye doctor appointment. Right. I didn't want to do that. It created some anxiety because, you know, ooh, I got to make some changes to what people are needing from me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But I needed to take care of my eye. Mm-hmm. And then following that up meant I wasn't to wear any makeup for a few weeks. So then I had to deal with how do I feel about myself going to work with, you know, and looking different and, and the judgment that could come. Mm. So it was self-care just to do those simple things that my doctor asked me to do. Right. It's not a, it wasn't pampering. Was yeah. fun. It wasn't comfortable, but it was self care. Yeah. So if you hate going to the dentist and that's uncomfortable, <laughs> if you go to the dentist, that's your self care. Mm. It can be that simple and practical.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So important. So important. I love how you've helped us think through this. I feel like at a deeper level than what a lot of people talk about self care. Like you've taken us a uh, down beneath the surface a little bit of it, which is really helpful because for some people, when they hear those words, it kind of triggers them, you know, like, oh, I don't wanna be one of those people. Mm -hmm. But what you're saying is all of us need it in one form or another.
2: Yeah, right, some people really struggle when they're really feeling depressed to get up and shower, Mm -hmm. right, to brush their teeth. Let's normalize that right there, right? Mm -hmm. That's hard for people, hygiene is hard. It feels, you're so unmotivated. Mm. So if you can take a shower today, that's your self-care. That's mm. awesome. Yeah. Well done on your self-care today. Mm. Just just basic hygiene.
0: Right. Right. Well, and and even what I'm hearing too is awareness and celebration in others. So like if you're doing this, you know, it turns into you know, you looking at a friend and say, We don't need to hang out tonight. Yeah. Like or, or if you know that a friend's depressed and you say, hey, did you take a shower today? Maybe you don't ask it. But they said, yeah, I did. And you're like, that's awesome. Yeah, like, If I'm your
2: friend, I'm like, oh, man, you showered today. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm totally asking. My friends would vouch for that. I'm asking all the uncomfortable questions.
0: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Wow. That would be an adventure to be your friend. Wow. It can be. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't have many.
1: <laughs> hey, John, did yeah. you shower today? Yeah, I, I did, believe it or oh, not. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if everybody can- smell that in the room but anyway yeah I did (laughs) so let's bring it let's bring it on home Jennifer I mean this is a great conversation so rich I, I just feel like I'd love to hear your perspective on what Jesus would say about this and maybe Peter and I can bat lead off as we always do
0: and let you close it out for us so Peter what do you think So first of all, I want to thank Jennifer. She was in our Facebook group and we asked what question and she didn't ask for it, but I said, well, I'm going to ask you to talk about self-care. So you did great. It's been super practical. Um, I'm going to go back to Galatians 6.10. So Paul writes about this. And in the first part, he talks about carrying each other's burdens, but then he talks about don't be weary in well-doing. And you know, I say that because- We weary ourselves, not necessarily with terrible things, but good things like work, taking care of the house, and hobbies, and I think Jesus has a place for self-care. And I'm leaving this conversation personally with, just because the idea and concept isn't used in a healthy way doesn't mean it's unhealthy. And so I, I'm wondering for many of our audience like me how important it is for us to sit back and say, what does self-care look like? And I love how Jennifer put it, that maybe when you're weary and exhausted, it's two more minutes in the shower mm. or it's stand outside for two more minutes or like I, I'm leaving this with with Jesus is saying, hey, you can take that pocket of time there. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I think... It is important to look at the life of Jesus in this grand scheme and to go, how did Jesus live his life? Now, we're, our our job isn't to copy everything that Jesus did robotically, but the thing is to look at his actions and go like, okay, what was Jesus, what was true about his life? Like, what can I learn from Jesus? And one of the things that I think it's in Mark, and I think I've said this actually before, that stands out to me about Jesus is that it says he always went to withdrew to lonely places to pray. Like he was always like withdrawing. There was this rhythm to his life of like engaging with people and then withdrawing from people and then engaging more with people and then withdrawing. But there was Mm. never this overextension of who he was into other people's lives. It was always coming from a refreshed place in his life. Um, so I just think that's important in the grand scheme of things to remember. If that was true of Jesus, then, man, how much more do I need it in my life? So,
2: Jennifer, what yeah. do you think? Well, I think you guys are nailing it, right? It's, it's all about follow me with mm-hmm. Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. This, this is what I have for you. If you want to see the beauty of it, just follow me. Mm-hmm. Lay down all the burdens, right? right? Before we had the Statue of Liberty of huddled masses and come come to me, there was Jesus, Right? Uh, this, this brown introvert I like to think of him as right, because he did need to get away and uh, be alone and with God to refuel it uh, wasn't the masses it wasn't the attention uh, so I think his life, his, his ministry his death and his resurrection really speak to you're worth it you're valuable I'm here, follow me uh, I will give you rest give me your anxieties uh, let's do this together I'll make uh, it easier for you
0: uh,
1: right Right. That's so beautiful. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's so great to have you here. I feel just refreshed after this conversation even. So,
0: yeah. Hey, folks, as we close, congratulations. We hope that this was a piece of self-care listening to our podcast. See what well, I did there? I there, do. That was yeah, excellent. Wow. There we go. Well done. <laughs> uh Jennifer, you can find her at thrivingtherapy.com. What a great website name. I love that. And uh, there you can follow her on Instagram. She's on Facebook and she's also on LinkedIn. So enjoy that. If you're sharing this podcast, we totally encourage you to do that hashtag WGW podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at WGW podcast. Um, and then also our website, why com. Make sure you leave a review, share this with a friend, and we hope you have a great day.